listening to episode three of blokes watch movies the new podcast where free film lovers share opinions about movies that are often enthusiastic and occasionally conflicting but always unqualified my name's jimmy and with me are my very good friends mark and david how you doing boys good mate hey, hello jimbo we've been bickering about movies for almost a quarter of a century and today we're going to be reminiscing more than feuding we're casting our minds back more years than any of us would like to memories about a possibly forgotten form of movie watching experience and we're going to delve into how it shaped in all three of us the love of movies that we retain today so uh mark david how did you obtain the last movie you watched i streamed it yeah so you more likely did it via you know your your laptop, your smart TV, oh. maybe even your phone. But if you did it by your phone, you have to slap yourself around the face and say a prayer to Martin Scorsese. <laughs> but, <laughs> however, you got the idea to watch whatever the movie was. You probably went first to you know Netflix or Prime. You saw if it was among their selection. If it was, you probably tapped a few buttons to you know navigate through the various categories, and you had the film play in on your device in you know less than thirty seconds. And in all probability, it cost you nothing to do this because the movie you want to watch is included in your monthly subscription fee. But even the movies that aren't included in the monthly subscription fee only require you know one or two extra clicks to confirm yes, you do want to pay. 199 299 whatever for this title yeah in 2021 that's how easy it is to act on any random impulse you might have to you know watch a film and so to any youngsters listening imagine that you wake up with the urge to watch a particular movie but in order to watch it you have to first leave your house you have to get up have a bath get dressed you have to walk to a physical bricks and mortar shop you have to interact with at least one human being as you identify yourself either by presenting a membership card or reciting your account number from memory. You have to pay a couple of quid for the privilege of getting to take the movie home, not for the 30 days that Amazon Prime lets you rent it, a mere 24 hours. And it sounds like a bit of a faff, doesn't it? I'm skipping over the very worst part of this almost forgotten process. Sometimes you can go through the first three phases, leaving the house, walking to the shop, interacting with another person, only to find the movie you wanted to watch ain't even available because some other customers got there before you. A local, maybe a neighbour who you've never met and now consider your enemy for life. And if you're really unlucky, the shop has a waiting list for that particular movie and there's already three or four names on it. More locals, more neighbours, more potential enemies, even though the bloke behind the counter has not told you who they are. Even adding your own name to the list, there's no telling how long it'll be before you get to see the movie that you really want to watch. Yeah, a week, more than a week. It's completely and utterly out of your hands. But this was the chance you took in the 90s, in the era when the time between a film's cinema release and its premiere broadcast on Sky TV was at least a year, and its first run on the terrestrial telly could sometimes be seven. Yeah, it's the chance you took as a kid whose weekly pocket money could cover the cost of buying corner shop suites or football stickers or renting videos, but never all free. The chance you took when renting movies back in the day. But for all its wild unpredictability, there was always something a little bit magical about the video shop experience. You know, in a 90s child life, there was perhaps no other place that held so much potential for discovery and disappointment all at the same time. And with no internet to tell you what the stars of the day had done prior to the films of theirs you had seen, each random appearance on a box cover of a favourite actor or actress was liable to send a jolt of excitement running through you. Yet each blurb on the back of a video cover promised a potential new all-time favourite film. And I, I think, you know, we all loved the video shop when we were teenagers we all liked to sort of go there i used to like to go there every single saturday you know when i could you know it explains why i had no friends at school if you remember what i was like you know as a but i mean can you know thinking back can you guys remember like yeah you know, what, what what was the name of your video shop that you used to go to in peckham there was 
two independents and they both were just initials. So one was K and L. I'm in my head it was Ken and Larry, but I don't wanna no I don't know if it's if I'm right when I say that. And the other one was just called R and B and it pretty much was there from birth up until about seven or eight years ago. It evolved slightly and started to sell clothes and and God knows what else. Brilliant, brilliant characters and just a, a great feel. My, my one was called Video Time. It was um, right next to the Green train station, just on the row of shops there. And it was there for years and years and years. But to be fair, it did change names quite a few times. And then it became an actual shop, a corner shop. Um, but I think it was around the time that they got a Blockbusters in Lee. And, you know, when the Blockbusters came along, the independent video shop kind of died a death. Because what you were saying there, Jim... As in, you got it for maybe 24 to 48 hours. Blockbusters let you have it for a week. And Blockbusters likely have more copies of the new releases. Of the videos, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would have. yeah. Like, you know, that, that was, yeah. Uh, mine was Mr. Video, which was on New Cross Road. Uh, I don't know if either of you remember it. You, David, you might have seen it on the 53 bus going home yeah, from school. I know, I know where it on, was, yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> on New Cross Road but I mean they would generally only have like one copy of, of the new releases so yeah. if you didn't you know get there um, early enough you know you might not you know get to see it for months at a time you know depending on, on how popular the, you know, that particular film was and I remember the first time I went into a, a blockbuster and saw like seven copies of Terminator 2 all, all next to each other you know which was and that was just yeah you know, it felt it felt excessive um, to me yeah and so I've just already said, yeah, I used to go every Saturday into Mr. Videos. Yeah, do you remember how frequently you used to pop in? Like, was it a weekly thing? Was it, you know, once a month? It went, it, it went through phases for me. I I remember it would be before when I was very young, it would be somewhere where my mum would take me normally every now and then. And it would just be like maybe during a half term or the odd weekend. As I got older and started to get pocket money, so I'd say like 10 10, 11 onwards, it would sort of be... And by that time also, do you remember when they, they started to do, like, SNES games? You know, so it's yeah. a video, you know, and then there'd be a game that you would have for a day or two, and then you just couldn't wait till the following weekend, or if you were lucky before, just so you could go and get the game again. And, you know, you when you stressed about... Mentioned the, the rage when your video wasn't near. I don't think any... I don't think anyone would understand just how peed off you were when you got there and your film or game weren't there and and you also remember the guilt if you didn't rewind the tape that when they opened it and looked and then they'd look at you and you'd look at them as if to say i'm sorry and then they'd really be like they'd really be angry like only for a split second but but do you remember the guilt because you know you knew you had to rewind it but i just never did do you know, it's funny you just said that. So, so going back to Jim's original question, do you know what? I would go to the video shop, just like David said, it varied, but it was always a treat and it all depended on how flush my mum was. And, you know, if she had the £2 one week, then we'd go. To me, I'm quite lucky because my mum is a movie fan as well. And you have to kind of put into concept that it might have cost a pound or £2 to get a video out. But then I could go to Catford Cinema and see a film before five o'clock on a weekday and it was a pound. It was a pound to go to the cinema. So in terms of 
how much it was, it was still quite expensive. But saying what you were saying, the first time I ever played Pro Evolution Soccer on a PlayStation was because David had it and he brought it to my house and he got it from the video shop. <laughs> there you and go, he said, yeah. I, I rented it before and I thought it was pucker. And he brought it around and, I, and you know, it went, and that began, began my era of not playing FIFA and only playing Pro Evolution, but it was because of a video shop. It's only because he said it then that I even remembered that. But as soon as he said it, I thought, oh my God, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't have even brought the games up. Well, it's like what you just said. So film, just going to the cinema, price-wise, it wasn't much different to rent, rent in a shop. But buying a computer yeah, game... Yeah, a big difference. Yeah. They were like 40 quid. So, you know, 35 quid. So renting it for a couple of nights for, for two quid was was well worth it. And some, sometimes you could never even buy the game and just keep on renting it. Was it a couple of nights that you were allowed to rent? Because I remember like, you know, videos were always one night unless you paid for a bit more, but I I don't remember renting too many games. So I can't remember like... I think it was for two nights. So, I, I, but it might have been something like a pound 50 a night, 250 for two. There was... That gave you the option and it was always worth taking it. And on Sundays, some of them were closed. So you could try and get it on a Friday for like two nights and then you know you'd have it to the Monday. I do remember there was always the odd little um, loophole, but um, my, my video shop, one of them, like I say, there was two, but my ones were on estates. One of them was on an estate round the corner called The Acorn, that was R&B. And then there was another one at the back of the yellow brick called K&L. And, um, so they weren't like, they were independents, but not even on High Street. Yeah, I don't remember there actually being um, a video shop like on on the high street they just seem to be sort of like hidden um but they one of them had an arcade in as well and that, that, it was the wwf game where you had oh we could be four players yes <laughs> yeah at the four joysticks i remember that that was banging yeah the, the the only the only place i've ever played that is at my old video shop but there was always yeah, like was bigger boys on there i was about 10 i'd say it was about 1991 judging by the wrestlers that were sort of in it and but you, there was always the older kids, and you just had to hope that they weren't in there. Yeah, it was Legion of Doom, Ultimate Warrior, yes. Demolition. It was all those characters, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was banging. I loved that. It was superb. I, I, like I say, that was, again, like a, to me, that was the video shop was so much more than just going to get a film. There was the excitement, the arcade. You felt like you was a grown-up for some reason, or important. I don't know why. And then, obviously, how long would you take to choose a film? That... I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd be in there for, yeah, like half an hour at least. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, see, I would usually go to Mr. Videos with um, a very clear idea of what I wanted because I went there so much that I, I, I felt like I basically knew the whole selection. And so I, I knew what was, yeah, what was where. But um, there would be times if I didn't go uh, with... A specific film in mind yeah I, I could just walk up and down over and over again until you know something jumped out at me and there'd be loads of times where like i had two two of those covers Remember the, covers, the video covers were big like they were much bigger than like the, the retail sale ones yeah but I, i'd be walking up and down looking at the shelves with two in my hand and then i'd be putting them under my arm and then i'd kind of like you know, sort of sit in, <laughs> sit in the corner with all in front of me right behind the counter just shaking his head over over and over again um, and he like because I could never buy two because where they're only for twenty four hours I usually get them on Saturday. My routine and this is going to make me sound really really mental, but my routine was like I would go in the morning, I would take the video back, I'd watch it straight away, and then I'd watch it at some time between dinner and match of the day, 
and then I'd watch it one more time on Sunday before taking it back. So I would sort of get through it three times. So that's I think that's why it was such a big thing for me walking up and down and making sure that I was going home with the right thing because like that was a big block on my weekend uh, that I was devoting to. So yeah, it had to be the right selection. What you said before is so true, though. Like you would always read the synopsis on the back. You'd, you'd look out for the actor on the front that you loved. And then you would read the synopsis on the back, like that was really important. And every video shop was always laid out the same. So on the top row, you'd have your blue movies. And then underneath that, they would be like the movies that were at the cinema. So the blockbusters, like the prime ones. It's kind of like when you're buying a bottle of wine and you have the the 15 pound one at eye level, but they put the cheap ones at the bottom. <laughs> and when you got to the bottom of the rack, you'd have those films that like they came straight to video, but they were the ones that were never rented. And you always ended up having to pick one of those. And then you'd have the little kids section in the corner, you know, with, like all the kids movies. Yeah. And you'd always, always, always have a condescending prick that thinks he knows everything there is to know about movies behind the counter. I mean, he just spend He reminds me of the guy from The Office. You know, the guy that goes, Way of the Dragon? Yeah, you know, that bloke. You know? <laughs> You'd go in there and say, oh, have, you got the, have you got the new Cynthia Rock movie? Uh, no, we've not got the new Cynthia Rock movie, but we've got the new Cynthia Rothrock movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... <laughs> It was always the same kind of dude. Yeah, I say, I, and, uh, I, Mr. V, Mr. Video had a very different class of bloke behind the counter. I remember walking up to the new releases and picking a video off the off the shelf and turning around to him and saying, "Oh, is this any good?" And the guy went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it's really funny." It was Mrs. Doubtfire. He was wrong. It's fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really amazing that they they'd seen every film, but. Yeah, they'd watch them all. There was yeah. a period where they would sort of have a film on in the background. They'd be watching a film. Yeah, on the TV. The, the yeah, on the desk. Is that a penny noise yeah. as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a video machine there, yeah. 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 It often, often it wasn't one that he was watching. It, it was often one that he was, like, trying to promote. So, like, the one... Actually, the one that sticks in my head is... And this would have made it 93, I guess. But, yeah, like, I remember seeing him watching Unforgiven. You know, the Clint Eastwood Western. Ooh, yeah. Like, Gene I, Hackman. I, I, when yeah, that came out, film. I remember that being played sort of behind it. But I don't remember him really watching it. But just cycling back to, you know, something Mark... Um, raised which was you know the, the blue movie section david did yours have a, a blue movie section yeah at, at the top just that like mark said yeah i always used to have a little have a little peek yeah see because i have a very kind of fond memory of like the, the first time i discovered what pornography was actually it was was actually in uh mr video and my memory must be wrong here because where i'm picturing the porno section is right by the front window and there's no way it can be there but that's where this uh memory of this instant occurs it's one of my days where i can't really think of what i'm you know gonna select and i've got you know at least one video tucked under my arm already and then i'm walking to this you know to the to the towards the front door uh towards the front window and i see a picture of sylvester stallone and i see a title on the video the italian stallion and i think Oh, it must be a, a, a Rocky, a secret Rocky sequel, or a secret Rocky spinoff. Like, it's Rocky Six. <laughs> and uh, so I picked the video up off the shelf, turn it over, look at the uh, look at the, the back, and it's like, well, there doesn't seem to be any boxing happening in any of these photos. And why is he in the bath? And so, you know, why, why, why is he in the bath of a woman? And it's not Adrian. On? Yeah. And so I, I take it, I take it up to the counter, and like, yeah. And bear in mind, this was you know, the early '90s, and it was pretty lax. Like the the guy, Mister Video, he would give me, he would have no qualms about giving me, you know, any 
um 18 rated bruce lee movie any 18 rated you know martial arts movie um yeah like I, I told him once that it was for my dad and that was the excuse that you know carried through um for years but i took this one up to the counter and he looked at it and he just put it behind the counter and he went no go choose something else um, <laughs> <laughs> heads cut off yes yeah. naked stallone no 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 yeah. and, that was only allowed once he got to the specialist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was it was actually like maybe a year later and i don't remember how i exactly found out what this was but this film the italian stallion was actually a repackaged version of a pre-rocky movie that stallone did called party at kitty and studs but, and you know, once he hit the big time with Rocky, they sort of repackaged it, called it the Italian Stallion, as if it was going to fall anyone but your know, twelve-year-old Jimmy knocking around uh, <laughs> New Cross. But to this day, I am thankful I didn't actually take that movie home because, like, you know, we're going to talk about Sly on a, a future episode. But I, I think that might have warped me. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, like I've, I've never seen the specialist. I was like, you've never seen the specialist. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. There, there you are, just didn't feel right. Yeah, there, there are things. There are things I don't want to see Sly Stallone do. It's... Yeah, no. <laughs> it I'm, I'm like with it... you on that. I've yeah. I've seen the specialist and it's a good film, but it, it sort of made me feel like you, like a family member. You know, like it just didn't it just didn't feel <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say that. But, yeah, um, no, I'm with yeah. you on that. But one. it's got it's got James Woods in it. Any film with James Woods in it is brilliant. What was the James Wood? I got this from the video shop. I was looking for a video. And I saw this boxing film and it had James Woods in it. And I like James Wood. And it's about a, a fallen boxer who James Wood, who's a con man, puts a bet on. I think it's called The Midnight Sting or something like that. He puts on this boxer and he says to a, a guy in a, in a local southern town that this fighter's so good he could beat any 50 fighters that you put in the ring with him. Have you ever seen it? No. It's, ring, it's, uh, it's ringing a bell. Oh, I've heard it's of it. Epic. But I don't think seen it. I think it's called Midnight Sting. And there's another boxing movie with Jimmy Smith. And he has three sons, uh, and they're all boxers, and they're all going for world titles. You ever seen that one either? No, no I do like Jimmy Smith though. I think it's called Pride of Glory or Glory, something like oh, that. It's brilliant. Yeah, Pride and Glory. Um, that James, Pride that, and James glory. that James Woods film's called Digstown. Digstown, that's it. It's Parker, Parker film. But again, like these are films I never would have seen. I didn't even know about them. You just discovered them at the video shop, and my obsession with Van Damme movies started from the video shop. You know, I saw Bloodsport, and then I went in there and thought, oh, Van Damme's got another one out. What's this one? Oh, Kickboxer. What's this one? Double Impact. So before you know it, you know, that's what happens. You, you, you find an actor, and like you said before, that artwork, that cover, and that synopsis, that, that's what sold you the film, because you didn't really get... Tra the only time you ever really got trailers was at the cinema. You never got trailers for videos. Yeah. Only if you got a video, and it was on the beginning of the video. The biggest films, though, did have the like, advert trailers, didn't they? The very big ones. Uh, yeah, they, like on the beginning of the video, there was trailers for other videos made by that production company, yeah. wasn't there? I remember when I when I rented Rapid Fire. If you can remember Rapid Fire, the the Brandon Lee movie, yeah. that was the last movie that Brandon Lee completed. Rapid Fire was distributed by Twentieth Century Fox, and in across nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety three, it was the same five trailers in front of the twentieth century Fox movies. There would be Rapid Fire itself, the Steven Seagal movie Hard to Kill, Point Point Break. Oh, what with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Desperate Hours. You ever see Desperate Hours with Mickey Rourke mm. and Mickey Rourke taking Anthony, Host Anthony Hopkins' family hostage? Yeah, yeah I know it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And occasionally they would branch out with stuff like. Um, 
they would add on to that selection uh, juice. Oh, good film. With two, and then oh. yeah, if they were really pushing the boat out and trying to be a little bit diverse, it would be White Men Can't Jump. As well. I love that movie. I, I absolutely adore that's it. That's one of the best. But I rented so many movies from 20th Century Fox, I, I saw that same five <laughs> that sequence, sequence yeah. over and over again. But it, it, I don't know about you, but it just really used to bother me if I bought a film and there was a trailer for the film like before it, which happened yeah. on some of those videos. Like, I, It's... It's a, it's a precursor to what now is my work, my least favorite thing on the internet, which is a 10 second trailer for a trailer that you're about to watch on YouTube. It's just the stupidest thing that anyone ever thought to do. But I, I love the fact that they would find a formula and then they would make 60 of them. <laughs> this isn't like any other Chuck Norris film you've seen before. Delta Force 17 or American Ninja 12. <laughs> the American Ninjas are brilliant though. <laughs> How many of them were there? I love this the time. It's Ninja. different. No, it's not. You remember they sort of had like the cheap Apollo Creed. No, was it? Was it the American Ninjas where you had like the main? I think it was his name, Tank Dukovny or Dudikoff, or Michael Dudikoff. Michael Dudikoff. Dudikoff. And then you That's said it. to me, it was just like Apollo Creed, like a similar character, personality. It just looked even a little bit like it, but like a knocked off version. Where I think. It works well in Rocky. We'll just put somebody who looks like him and acts like him in there. But I watched, I used to go there and get all of the American ninjas that, you know, that just go through the martial arts films. I absolutely just loved getting anything with a ninja in for a while was all I watched. (laughs) But I actually remember discovering the UFC through the video shop, UFC 1. So you know, all the WWF tapes. And that was sort of. So it'd be martial arts section, and then it sort of evolved into including that WrestleMania, and 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 the rest of it. And then and then all of a sudden there was just that UFC one and UFC two that just sort of come out of nowhere. And then I just would that's how I sort of started to watch the UFCs because through, through the video shops it was just um, like ama- you know like, to me like amazing. But it, was, it introduced you to so many things that now I think we're so spoiled that we'll never sort of un- understand. Yeah, I mean, I think the video shop, it, 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 it was, to me, it always just feels like a place of discovery because you know, in the era that we were growing up, there wouldn't have been the same prevalent marketing campaigns you know, that there is now. Like, you know, once a film comes out in cinema, that, that's it. It just goes, it, it would go to the video shop and you, know, you wouldn't read about it. You know, there was no internet, so you just couldn't randomly stumble on it. So you know, the, the way that you randomly stumbled on it was that you, know, you went to the video shop and you just you know, walked. And every new film felt like a totally new discovery, which, you know, which you can't really get anymore. That discrepancy from cinema to terrestrial TV was so vast because so few people had Sky, like rarity. In fact, it got to, at that time, you know, there would be one person in your family that had Sky, and if there was a big event, everybody would go, for, say, example, WrestleMania or SummerSlam, everyone would go to that house to watch it because it wasn't something that we that we all had. Like, to, to get to get a film, the, 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 like you said, the discrepancy between cinema and then terrestrial TV, by that point, you're bored of it. Like, seven years later, it was really important factor to kind of to, to catch those films. And like you said, it was all promoted via word of mouth. There wasn't no social media. Your mate saw a good film, he'll tell you about it. And then the next time you go to the video shop, you try and get it. I hated, hated those little fucking red tags that used to go on the videos yeah. that told you that someone had rented it. 
I hated it. <laughs> it used to piss yeah. me off. You just think, oh, because it does. It got in your head and you thought, what little prick's taken this? <laughs> I mean, that's that's why I was always on a winner because I, you know, it was the video shop where I really got into you know, 80s uh, Hong Kong kung fu movies, and there weren't many people around Deptford that were looking you know to rent you know Five Fingers of Death or you know Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I was always pretty confident that yeah I was going to get what I wanted. That's interesting you said that there. because in my video shop I watched all those films. You know, it did. I mean, Jimmy, our friendship kind of started along that kind of Hong Kong cinema thing. But my dad lived in, in near Whiteley's in Bayswater. And with it being a bit more of a trendy, affluent area, the video shop there was massive. And they had loads of Hong Kong cinema, like loads. So um, it was much better because I'd go there and my mum would never know that I was watching these movies as well. Um, but where my local one was didn't have such a, a vast array of Hong Kong cinema. But yeah, all those John Woo movies I, I got from, from that one there in, in, um, in Whiteley's. Yeah, were they the old Imperial Video um selection was that yeah. the distributor yeah because say that the imperial uh video ones like i'm always a little bit disappointed if i ever buy a new version of a hong kong movie and the dubbing track is different to the one i remember from like yeah, the old remember. Video yeah. I'm, I'm always very very disappointed yeah. and you just reminded me of um something like i always thought that you know mr video and i can say this because it ain't there anymore um, I always thought, you know, Mr. Video was always a little bit shady, but it, like a weird kind of shadiness. Because I remember when I rented, I'm pretty sure it was Armour of God. Um, it's the Jackie Chan movie from 1986 that I will no doubt talk about at some point on a future episode. But when I rented Armour of God, you know, with the thing with the Jackie Chan movie is you always sit through the credits. Yeah, to, you, you, you watch a Jackie Chan film to the bitter end. Yeah, because you see the outtakes. Yeah, and... After Armor of God, like the the credits, the credits gave back gave way to white noise. I've never seen this on like a, a commercial video that I bought or rented. Yeah. It's, it was like you know when you've taped something on TV, it's copied, and yeah. you've like stopped it, but then the thing that you had on beforehand is still running. But there's that there was that bit of white noise while it sorted itself out. This happened on the copy of Armor of God, and Armor of God after the credits finished gave way to a film I had never seen before. And it was a Chinese Kung Fu movie. It was a fight happening in a pagoda, a young man fighting an old white-haired man. And the fight ended up going to the top of the stairs, like outside in this temple, concrete stairs. The young man kicks the old white-haired man down the stairs and it freeze frames. And this voiceover says, a combination of tiger and crane Kung Fu is what finally killed Pai Mei. And... <laughs> and I had no idea who Pai Mei was until I ended up eventually watching. I thought Kill... you were gonna start spitting Wu Tang lyrics then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had. I had but I, this is a sidebar. I had no idea who Pai Mei was until you know Kill Bill Two come out, and you know you see her learning martial arts uh, from yeah. Pai Mei, and Pai Mei was a like a classic bad guy in in Chinese cinema, and it was played by many many actors. And to this day, I still don't know what this film is. Film was, and I'm I'm on a mission you, to try and find it. You've actually brought back another memory in the sense of you know the beginning of the video, and you would always have the production house's logo come up. Yeah. So whoever it may be, Hong Kong cinema always had the best ones, especially Golden, Golden Harvest. Harvest yeah. That boom 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 it was so dope. I used to get gas just when that bit happened. Yeah. I was like, oh. Someone's going to get a mask yeah. And yeah, a little bit later when uh, Made in Hong Kong. Do you remember the Made in Hong Kong from the mid-90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can actually, I've got one behind me. I can actually show you. Um, I'll, I'll get it in a second. <laughs> but, 
that was that was a really good that was a really good one as well. I think I think the people involved in putting Hong Kong movies out in the West had to be people who just really loved it as much as we did. Like, yeah, and they, yeah, they yeah. took it as seriously, and they wanted everyone else to to love it as much as they did. Because for for a, a genre of movie that probably wasn't that financially successful, the the treatment it, the packaging it got was always top notch. It, but yeah, based it was on my really memory, high class, anyway. yeah. What, what what was the worst video you ever got from the video shop? Oh, uh, it, was, it was another porno. Oh, another, <laughs> it was it was another softcore porn. Um, yeah, it was it was a film called Blown Away. Now it ain't the one with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> it, it ain't it ain't the one with Jeff Bridges. Um, I went. Yeah, is that what you thought you were getting? Did no, you think no, no, oh, no, this I, is that no, film with I, Jeff Bridges and Dennis Hopper? Was it? Was it Dennis Hopper? Yeah. No, I can't. I can't say. I didn't think it was the Jeff Bridges one. I. It was. It was a. It was a softcore movie from like '93 or '94, starring Nicole Eggert from Baywatch, and okay. Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. And so, like, I love the Lost Boys. I love License to Drive. Love the Goonies. Love Stand by Me. Love Prayer of the Roller Boys. You know, like, stuff. I was big fans, a uh, big fan of both of those. And I didn't know they were into that. I just assumed it was going to be, you know, like a yeah, a, a tea movie. Um, and you know, the the guy behind the counter who would not let me, you know, take home sliced alone in a bathtub was happy to let me take home a movie where Corey Haim actually looks at Corey Feldman and says. I gotta say, Wes, that's an amazing penis. <laughs> did you, Mark, did you think earlier June was gonna say, and then the movie ended, and then there was some white noise, and then it cut to the Italian stallion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say hand down that was the worst movie um, I ever read. It, uh, can you guys remember the the, uh, the real stinkers? There must be so you know many, what? but I... there's so many. I I can't stand the lawnmower man, and I think that was one of the worst films I went to got from the video shop because everyone told me how brilliant it was, and I watched it. I thought this is shit. I just wasn't into it, but I can't remember. Like, there's worse films in that that I've seen. They just don't stand out. The Lawnmower Man was poor. Um, I, I do remember disliking Stargate. Uh, oh, I like Stargate. As a kid. Um, that was definitely one of them, but there were so many. I mean, it was just potluck, wasn't it? But I always yeah. felt that you sort of look, you look back at films you got from the video shop, and as long as they weren't rubbish, you look back at them fondly. What's that film best, with Martin best Sh- of the best. Nick Nolte? They were like fugitives together with like a kid. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It might even be... Yeah, I know this film. Fugitive. It's going to bug me now. What is this film? The Three Fugitives? I'm going to guess that. Yeah, that's what it's called. The Three Fugitives. Yeah. That is what it's called, yeah. Brilliant. You know, you just... You took a chance and it would just be... You've actually reminded me of another film with Nick Nolte in it where he's a homeless man oh. and he moves in with Richard Dreyfuss' family. Down and out in Beverly Hills. Oh, that is brilliant! That movie, that is absolutely brilliant. He makes he makes the maid a communist. Genuinely, as a yeah. <laughs> genuinely, yeah. But that's the... that's a brilliant film. Yeah. And then when they get rid of him, they're all depressed. They get him back. <laughs> I remember that. It's like you, me, and Bob. Is it you, me, and Bob? The one with Bill Murray. Was it you, me? Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. When Richard Dreyfuss is a psychologist and Bob follows him out to his his holiday home. That was good, that film. I like that one as well. There was lots of good films like that in the 80s, though, to yeah. be fair. Yes, but kid... Like random ones. I was I was a fan of The Great Outdoors. Is that John Dan Handy? Aykroyd. 
Yeah, John Candy. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd and John Candy. Yeah, that was good. But there's quite f- silly ones, and they all. I got. I saw all of those from the video shop. But do you know what happens? You you'd watch the ones that you had off the TV from your mum so much you'd get bored of them, wouldn't you? You'd wear them out. Yeah. Like we, I had we had Die Hard at home, which I like watched endlessly. The first Star Wars movie. But, you know, you just wore them out. Like Jimmy said before, you watched them so much that they started to flicker and the tracking started to go on them and shit. So it was it was always a treat. I also remember not my mum would absolutely go ape if, say, she found the video under the sofa and I hadn't taken it back on time. <laughs> We're going to get fined for this. <laughs> oh, I would never be the end of it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, when, well, when did we get this one out? Well, you'd, you'd hope they'd forget. So, that's how <laughs> so say you got out, we'll just say Rocky Five because I never owned that on VHS. And then you'd love just, I'd watch it. And then later on, you just watched a fight scene at the end. And then you didn't want to give it back. And then you think, maybe she'll forget. They'd always remember. But then, because you knew you weren't going to pay the fine or whatever it was. It was like an extra pound. But yeah, I'd always remember getting sort of told off if I never reminded her. You know, yeah. And you'd have to pay extra. But to, to be fair, though, the video shop, they, 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 were they never used to pay you the fine. They never charged they, you. They, they yeah. were quite good, weren't they? Yeah. If they, if they thought you would go back there and rent more videos, yeah. then they just left you alone. I think it was just an incentive to make sure they got their videos. But... Of course, yeah. But it was yeah. Yeah, good, good times. My my video shop, I'll never forget. It was um, the, the one that was called R&B on the um, Acorn Estate. I used to go there and get Survivor Series 88, which is a, a wrestling like, um, pay-per-view. I must have got it. You know, like they used to like log who, who was taking it. So I'll never forget. He actually said to me, like, oh, I don't remember the amount. You've actually took this movie like eight out of the last ten times. Anyone, you know. And then <laughs> yeah. he said, have it. Genu- genuinely <laughs> did he have it yeah he genuinely did yeah oh, that's the only only time I went there was probably for from a young child up until a young man the only time that Survivor Series 88 which I've still got somewhere boxed up was courtesy of R&B by the next podcast I actually will see if I can find it just to see if it looked any you know just to See what a video looked like from the video shop because it must they, they did look different didn't they the, the cover the, the box was bigger yeah. yeah, and they'd have markings on the spine sometime that the video shop would put on it. Like, they'd sticker them, wouldn't they? Yeah. So, where they tried to genre them. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, white, white, white section's action, yeah. and blue <laughs> section's horror. Yeah, and the age, the age would sort of be... For some reason, they'd, they'd stick a sticker over with the um, with the rating, like, that just to stress it, which was unnecessary, because it would be on the original sleeve. I do, I do miss it. Block, blockbuster. I mean, as much as we're, we're talking about the independents, and and to be fair, the independents were what we were about. Peckham got a blockbuster in the mid nineties, and I can't lie to ya. As much as it wasn't an independent and it was completely different, there was something special about a blockbuster. The smell, that the carpet, the size of it. I mean, the video shops. You could walk like four yards either way in my ones where Blockbuster was yeah, like massive, massive. Yeah. Yeah. and they'd have like, what Jimmy was saying market. before in the previous ep- episode about us being influenced massively by American culture in that time frame is exactly what Blockbuster was Yeah, because it was that big American brand it's exactly how they did it in the States and when you went to the video shop you just went and got a video Blockbusters had fucking Hagen Dars and popcorn yeah. and, you know it was the, it was the whole experience wasn't it but let's be completely. They they 
they double charged on everything because like, the Skittles or the M&M or everything. Yeah, well, well expensive. Was more expensive, but for some reason you still felt you had to buy something. You had to well, buy yeah, it because you were there. Well, because yeah. Blockbuster was created, it was creating a sense of yeah, you know, everyone's taking this video home to do a viewing party, which is why they've got the party food out. The reality is that everyone's taking that home and they're going to watch it by themselves because they don't have any social plans. Yeah, yeah. that weekend. <laughs> and we're lonely. So, <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I mean, it's... I um, yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't remember ever getting a video out to watch with a mate. Ever as a as a as a kid, it was the days you were rain. You know, as you got older and you could play out, it was the days you were reined in, uh, 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 uh whatnot. Even the silly little things. I know it sounds silly, but. You don't have to come back and drop your video off in working hours. No, we've we've got a letter box. <laughs> you know that was that was a big thing. Oh Jesus, they got a drop box. Like, like yeah, <laughs> just it's silly things. Oh, I might be able to keep this to midnight. I could walk up there later because they got a drop box. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a completely different experience. Yeah. I will say though that, like, I, cause I I never had a membership to a blockbuster. I think the nearest one to me would have been somewhere in Greenwich like walkable from where I lived at the time, but um, yeah, not so close that I could ever really be a member. But I do remember on the times that I went into Blockbusters, and this is sort of going into the late 90s, into the early 2000s, when they started to make the shift from VHS to DVD, there was something, it lost something when it started renting DVDs, because DVDs are so much smaller, and there were so many of them, that they all kind of blended into one. Like a, a spine of a DVD would not catch your eye in the same way that a yeah. spine of a VHS would. Yeah, yeah. Um, the VHS is like going to a library because because of the size of it. It's just... No, no I totally I'm with you 100%. It's a really yeah. good point because that, you're right. Block, in the end, Blockbuster was all about the DVDs. But I used to love going through those buckets just of like old VHS. Yeah, so we could pick up... Find your, yeah. That bargain or like um, an old film you used to love for like a pound do you remember those oh, the way yeah. they just really made the vhs is so cheap in the end but the same thing happened to the dvds in the end didn't it because say it would cost you three pounds to rent a dvd from from uh from blockbusters you could go to hmv and buy like three for 20 quid couldn't you yeah so it weren't that far off you think of actually i could actually just buy this it's not that much of a difference and it just kind of killed their market hang on a minute fuck dvd short play and long play blew my fucking mind what what i could get four films on a vhs what what's going on and then when you played it and you didn't get the right function why is it going so slowly what's what's it why is it going so quickly what's going on like at the time that just blew my mind i was like what here's um here's one last story for me regarding um the brilliance of just vhs's so um when we was a kid I don't know how good your uh, memory is. I don't know if any of you two had it, but there was something called Videotron, which was like local cable. So you had Sky, but then but in Peckham we had Videotron. Yeah, so it was before you had Virgin and all the cable companies. Yes. Each each area had its own independent one, didn't it? Was, it? It, was, it, was, it was really like yeah, hard to explain because especially because I was quite young. So um, I like I, I like learn. I had to do everything like by the back of my hand. You know, when you were a kid, uh, even at like, 11 years old, you would, you know, I was the one in control of the Videotron box. I knew I knew it at like, the back of my hand. So anyway, I, I remember saying to my mum and my nan, nan, the, um, we can't, it's not taping 
off of the cable. So um, they're coming today to to have a look at it. Um, can you um, make sure that you know you're here, please, to to let him in and fix it? So um, he comes in and he has a fiddle around and and then she was like, "Oh, my grandson said you have to, you know, tape something so I can see that um, it's taped." So she pulled, she went to her like little cabinet and she pulled out a, a video and it would have been like EastEnders or Coronation Street because she'd she'd tape the omnibuses or whatever. Sure. So she pulled it in and <laughs> this is a genuine true story. My older brother had taped over it with Fantasy X. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, my nan was like a big like prude religious Catholic. Yeah. So he puts it in. He presses play sees the film, yeah, and she's like, that's not mine. It's my grandson. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not judging you, love. <laughs> but more importantly, he fixed it. But she was so embarrassed. And I just thought to myself, you could just tape over someone's stuff. I mean, with DVD, even when they done the DVD recorder, it never really took off like it did the video where you'd, you take stuff off the telly, and then you could re-tape over it and reuse it. it yeah. It's sort of like a comp- no one would understand it. You could just have a tape, take things off the telly, tape over it. And even if you bought that a film, you could just put the sticker over the little tab, couldn't you? So that um... well, you first you had, oh, yeah, no, you had you to couldn't... break the tab yeah. off to stop it being able to record. But if you wanted to tape over it later, you would put sellotape over. Sellotape over yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is yeah. no one would, if they, no one would understand, would they? Now, just like those, what we're talking about, thinking, what are these three old geezers talking about? <laughs> but yeah. To us, it was like the back. We knew it at like the back of our hand. Great times. Anyway, we, uh, I think we've covered that, haven't we? Yeah, I think we've confused all the youngsters out there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was. I've enjoyed that, guys. A good episode. Yeah, very, very nostalgic discussion. So next episode, we're moving on to something a bit more heated. We are going to discuss... We've all each picked a Stallone movie. Uh, we are going to discuss this in a in a manner like it was a courtroom drama. And it would be overseen by Judge Rauf. Judge Rauf will be overseeing the, the court case. So, just to confirm to the listener, we have now released six episodes. So the next episode is just a click away. Our first six episodes have all been released... So you can follow through straight after this one and we will be going bi-weekly. The show will be bi-weekly as of the 14th of May. Now, if you want to interact with us between now and the 14th of May or on all any of the shows that you've listened to so far, best way to do that is via social media. Uh, let us give you those social media handles. Uh, David, what's the Twitter? Yep, the Twitter handle is at blokeswatchmov1. I invite all feedback, banter, criticism of Danny Dyer any any anything movie related anything humorous related to movies get in touch with us so I look forward to it and if you want to have longer form arguments on Facebook you'll be able to find us at blokes watch movies and our Instagram handle is blokes watch movies that will be all images of ourselves anything that we're going to be discussing and David's constantly evolving top 10 movies so thank you for taking the time for listening we really appreciate it please do get in touch with any positive or negative feedback because we want to make your listening experience as pleasurable as possible and if we don't like what we're saying at least we can have a go back at you lads it's been a pleasure as always love you guys to bits 
Blokes watch movies out. Love you too, man. Best of luck, gentlemen. Blokes watch movies out. Take care.